Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Chuck is back and on the Whimsy Watch. Jake ties for first place with four people. And Arceus takes the lead. How are we doing today, Chuck? I'm doing good. Doing good. Okay, so first and foremost, um, last week there was a little bit of an emergency. I know during the pregame we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, but give a little bit of a rundown. Why, why, what happened last week? Where were you? Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I apologize to you, buddy. Uh, sorry to leave you hanging, but it's all good. I, I, a bunch of life decided. We, I mean, we talked no more than an hour before the cast, but we were going to right. talk about No, it was, I think it was like 35 minutes before. Yeah, I was what, like, cool, uh, cool. Life just happened to hit you like with a bunch of stuff, right? At six, hit me, hit me with uh, right. at 6.55, right before we were about to go live. I had, um housing uh trying to buy a house at the moment had that dilemma things that uh, phone call came had to make some quick decisions and discussions on there right at 655 so that made me late in that conversation which is what kind of killed the bird here's my my cat bruce wayne decided uh who is he was a stray cat so he still gets to go outside right not so much anymore but um we took him in in the winter and it's just been taking care of him, but he, he was out and then came back and he was injured. Uh, he had gotten into a fight and apparently lost. I think something had bit his leg. We were worried it might be broken. So we were cleaning him up for a little bit. And then by the time that was all settled, you were already well in and I didn't want to jump in the middle of it. If you were doing fine. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I um, hope everything is good with the housing. I uh, hope Bruce Wayne is recovered um, yeah. and, and off to that kind of road. Um, but I do want to throw a shout out to Brock uh, Parched from last week, our last week's guest, um, for just taking it in stride as well and being an awesome guest and kind of slash co-hosts. Um, don't usually ask that of, you know, the guests, um, but he did a great job. Uh, it was a great interview. Um, I don't know, Chuck, if you listened over after the oh, fact, I, but uh, I, I listened to it all the way back, and I'm, I'm sad I was not here for all of it. I mean, it was a great, uh, great episode, and and talking to him, I mean, uh, I, I would have liked to pick his brain a little bit more too about some stuff that we right. had happen over CJC. Right. I mean, all all over. I mean, it was a, it was a great event, um, and it was a fun interview. Uh, but it, aside from you know the the chaos of last minute stuff um how has your week been anything crazy uh no i mean besides the craziness that literally happened on last monday mm. it was actually smooth sailing on that um uh the rest of the way um the house stuff worked itself out uh the cat is okay uh and then just kind of taking it in stride i've uh, been playing some pokemon uh, right. working on my deck of choice coming out of liverpool uh, playing some Operation Desert Storm because <laughs> who doesn't love some Sandaconda VMAX when you never ever played the card before? Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, but that, that being said, I kind of want to give a shout out to our locals. I know Ryan may not uh, give some love to our locals, but there was a four-way tie um, for this week's uh, local tournament, um, all being at 3-1. Um, I was playing Arceus and Teleon, which I love that deck. That's that's my deck, and I will be talking about that a little bit later. Um, mm -hmm. But got to give a big shout-out to Jared, 
Um, really starting to step up his game, making some top finishes, always threatening, um, winning a couple of uh, tournaments lately, um, really stepping up his game. And he was playing a Raichu deck. Um, pretty underrated. Uh, I have some ideas uh, to kind of go around that deck specifically um, that I'm interested in playing. And then we had another local that hasn't been there in a while. Another another one with uh, Jacob. He was playing Rapid Strike Urshifu. Um, completely wiped the board of me. Um, that's my kryptonite with the deck that I love uh, currently. And I believe it was Colton um, also took home, uh, you know, a tight uh, spot for there. And he was playing another Arceus variant. And I feel bad because I just got off first and was able to zigzagoon ping, take knockout, boss, zigzagoon ping, take knockout, boss, zigzagoon ping, take knockout. And I'm sorry, that was very rude of me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Jacob who hasn't been there a while. I think he was praying. Oh, he did do a good job of praying on our Arceus. Uh, right. Yeah, and I'm no exception that we have. I am on. no exception at all. Because <laughs> um, he got me. He got me good. Yeah. So. Well, very cool. Before we get into our random card madness and trivia, like we always do every week. Um, you weren't here for our first um, change in the standard for questions, right? So I have a new standard for question. I took away uh, favorite starter, um, which, you know, it is what it is. But I feel that th this question is maybe more, um, you know, important to the community at large. Um, and since we're asking it of our guests, I would like to ask you, um, what is oh, your, gosh. this is part of the, the standard questions now, what is your favorite um, what is your favorite Pokemon memory or Pokemon TCG memory, um, you know, to date? Oh, geez, you're putting me on the spot. You didn't tell me that. We I told you surprises. I told surprises. you surprises. Um, <clears throat> well, geez. Um, I don't, I don't know. Well, okay, then I will go first to give you a little bit of time since I kind of threw this on I, you. I mean, I, I mean, I just can't, I can't, I can't no, think of one. So the, the thing is, like, every... there, there are so many great memories hanging out with the local community, doing travel events with the local community, mm -hmm. going to, like, Full Grip. Um, but for as, as a player, for me, it was during Players' Cup 3. Um, I was still trying, like new into trying to really push to be a competitive player. I was taking coaching. I've taken, I've taken coaches for our uh, coaching lessons from um, Zach Lesage from Azul GG and Celio's network and Celio's network I, is he really connects with me. And like, I had a lot of one-on-ones with him, uh, but this time I was like, Luke, I just want you to watch my play. Don't make any comments um, during the, the players cup run. Uh, and see if I make any misplays or whatever in the heat of battle. So what better way to do that than actually playing some of my tickets while he's watching? Um, I'm playing Picarom and and lo and behold, a Decidueye uh, player comes up. And this is two in the second round. So I needed, needed the points. Um, long story short, I had a, a, a stupid tech in there because I took away the, the uh, Tapu Coco for the free retreat to replace it with the Zara aura that only hit for a minimal amount of damage. Um, mm -hmm. But 
hitting between hitting with the Tapacoca Prism Star and then pulling that out last minute to take a KO with just enough math on the last prize um, <laughs> while he was watching me and judging me as I was asking him to watch me and judge me uh, and then me pulling out the crazy play to take the win and I, and I took that tournament which actually I think I only made cut by like four points so I really really needed all four points there um, so that as far as my players, like players journey was my favorite uh, TCG moment at the, at, at the current time. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. I mean, a, a nice clutch pull where a card choice makes the game a random janky choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to, like, I have a lot of fond memories playing uh, Pokemon with just all the group and everything. Right. But it, I have I've got one and I, I want to say it was probably the second uh, the second round uh, in our team challenge team because I was thinking it was the first time we had all four of us there right I think the first week we actually had someone had to sit out because they couldn't make it but like just that whole day um, I didn't even play that day I was the coach on purpose I, yeah I think that's because I couldn't guarantee that i was there the first week because i had to work um but i ended up being there anyway so i still got to coach a little bit but um the second week i chose to coach and let let the guys adam colton and des do their thing and it was just like great in in like a team aspect like i felt right. like a, it was felt like a team game we had close games um and then we were all like sitting down. I think it came down to like Dez's final game. And we're like, as a team, like coaching him up and, and figuring out the best ways. Yeah. And we pulled it out. And I, that was like probably the biggest memory, best like memory of just playing a game with friends at the same time as a team sport for oddly. Exactly. That, oddly no, that it's not even a team sport, but it, it really felt like and that, and it, the team challenge really makes it a team sport. And that's a, that's a beautiful memory. Just, success and shared success with the guys um and just you know that's just that's what it's about i mean yeah. it is an individual sport 99 percent of the time um but like we said so many many times you can't do it by yourself um even when it you are winning by yourself it is every local every friend every test partner every person you encounter um you know helps you get to that point so um, that's a beautiful memory right there. Yeah. And, and that, that one in particular, that round definitely felt just like a team, it felt mm -hmm. like a team victory. Right. So that would, that would be my memory. So no, that's a good one. That's a good one, Chuck. All right. Let's, let's jump into tr some trivia now. It's time, time for trivia. Trivia. Uh, I can, you go. I have a new gimmick that I actually you have a new gimmick. Me. Okay. Okay. So. We'll we'll save the best for last. So I do maybe, not have a new. Uh, it might be bad, but well, I, maybe I we'll actually see. tried it out on some uh, of my coworkers. So right. So chat. If it's bad, um, please comment and let us know that Chuck needs to change it up. Or if it's good, let him know. Give him some love. Um, but let's jump on to mine. Uh, that is uh, name that Pokemon this attack belongs to. Uh, standard, usual at you know standard per the use this week. Um, so this attack. Sonic double. Uh, Garchomp. Final One more chance. No, sorry. No, it's um, Sonic. Is that Sonic Slip? I don't know. Um, I'm reading this, this card. 
So this card, I was really hyped on when it first uh, first came to be announced. Oh, um, and listening to Metapod and specifically Sean, Gyro Sean, got me really hyped on this. Brought it to Locals, bought it before it came out. Um, and then it just completely wet the bed. Didn't do well. And that, of course, is Salamance VMAX for one colorless energy. Sonic Double. This attack does 40 damage to two of your opponent's Pokemon. Um, don't apply weakness or resistance to bench Pokemon. Of course, with that fighting energy, you think hmm, you can start taking some double KOs or something like that. Never really panned out. Um, I I love the idea of it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just not quite there. It never quite was. No, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, he's still he's like on the cusp of potential, and right. it's really hard to figure out. Um, at this point, it's not worth the effort. He's going to yeah. rotate in what four months, uh, Max. Um, stick with the tried and true from you know anything that's going to rotate and, and get the, the last of the light there. Yeah, I hear you. Mm. All right, I think mine was. I think I was just locked in on that guard trump. I think it's called Sonic Slip. That this is new. No. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not sure. Back. <laughs> um, so my trivia, which I actually tried, I we we did this for about a half hour and thought it was fun with uh, two co-workers, um, Joe and Ron, my co-workers. So I'm going to give you a Pokedex entry of a Pokemon. And okay. then you have to tell me what that Pokemon is just by its like kind of, okay. uh, you know, cute. Uh, now this Pokedex thing. entry is, uh, is this on the card or is this just part no. of like the video games or this is, is it just kind of like the Pokedex? I'm going to read the Pokedex entries from Pokemon Go. Okay. So the, the Pokemon is in Go. Let and me I'll pull give my you, phone up right really like <laughs> Go. So I'll give you that. I have a couple ways of giving you hints. Okay. But I'll start with, this is a Kanto Pokemon. So it's one of the original 151. Okay. All right. No cheating. I won't cheat. I won't cheat. All right, so the Pokedex entry for this Pokemon. Uh, this Pokemon is known for its high speed. It is said to be capable of running over 6,200 miles in a single day and night. The fire that blazes wildly within its Pokemon's body is its source of power. Fast fire Pokemon. Why can't I think of a Kanto fast fire Pokemon? Um, I'm going to just say Arcanine. You are correct, sir. Let's go. <laughs> Number 59. Let's go. <laughs> yep. The legendary is known as the legendary Pokemon. Right. Was Pokemon. He was so legendary. They kind of pushed him into the back burner for the most part. After I, rem that. I remember reading somewhere that he was actually supposed to be legendary, but then they didn't. They opted not to. And right. Now he's just now he's just uh, a normal run of the mill <clears throat> officer. Jenny's like, um, you know, He's the original fire doggo and right. he's he's awesome, but it never really gets a cool card either. So. No. All right. Well, All right. let's that was a good one. I like that kind of game. Uh that gives me a chance. It's more for the war. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah. All right, cool. Glad you like it. There's some fun ones in there. For sure. So I, I didn't want to stray too far to the obscure ones, but all right, well, let's go ahead and go to random card madness. And before we do that, let me switch the screens over. Now, I, I, I didn't run this by you. I forgot to ask before we started, but do it now. Now, they, they have the Time Gazer and Space Juggler lists out. Mm -hmm. 
I was I was figured we do two because each set has 67 cards and I run a random number between one and 67 for each set. And we talk about one from a card that has yet to be released. Okay, we can do that. I won't be able to pull it up on screen though. I'll, I'll read them out to you. That's all right. Okay. All right. So we're going to do card number 23 in Time Gazer translation. Um, that's 20. Oh, did I really just get... <laughs> I think we've talked about him, but this is the card we pulled. Uh, it is uh, original form Palkia V-Star. So uh, water Pokemon, HP 280. Um, obviously it has to evolve from Palkia V uh, with the attack for two water spatial swell 60 plus damage this attack does 20 more damage for each bench pokemon both yours and opponents and then it has uh the ability for a v star power that is an ability called star portal star portal once during your turn you may use this ability attach up to three water energy from your discard pile to your water pokemon in any way you like uh and then it is obviously weak to lightning right um, okay, so I think we've discussed this before. It's very similar to like the Blizzard Rondo attack, um, hitting for damage for you know the bench Pokemon. Still very serviceable. Uh, maybe a little bit slower, uh, obviously because it is a stage one, um, but it does have that V Star ability to energy acceleration, um, which currently right now is it. There's nothing that screams out, "Hey, I need you." Um, in a, any current decks, obviously this ability, anytime you have energy acceleration, um, you know, something to take seriously. Um, so depending on, you know, what water Pokemon come out in the future or potentially colorless. Oh no, you said it has to go to water Pokemon. So depending on the, you know, the water Pokemon that come out, it, if you know, you're going to die, you, you know, you hit for his, his first attack and then you accelerate and then you have a backup tap for going, you're ready to go. So I wouldn't say it's a tier meta, um, but I definitely say you keep this and it's not bulk. No, I, I agree with it. It's not bulk. I believe Palkia will be playable uh, in, in some sort of water box. Maybe uh, I don't think Palkia is your, um, is your main attacker. Um, no. I think you have him in here for the, your, your V-Star ability, which mm -hmm. is basically an Arceus charge without having to use Arceus um in your water deck it's it's right. specifically water deck um so um maybe you have um some other water pokemon that are popular uh, a starmy v is coming out as well mm -hmm. um uh, i don't want to say the suicune i don't necessarily think suicune necessarily needs this card but i mean it might help because <clears throat> you you could uh, accelerate energy and then boss potentially so instead of yeah. having two melanie so there there is definitely um, utility to this and like half the time you said you said um arceus and half the time you play arceus is uh you know his starbirth ability you're using that for the du the double turbo energy to e accelerate energy so um very reminiscent kind of there so it kind of it yeah. is a little worse but also very uh playable in a water deck yeah i could that's why i could see a, a water a water deck that wants to use arceus to accelerate energy use palkia instead to use the ability to do the Arceus acceleration like that it so that it doesn't have to use Arceus right to attack right um so I think it'll be used 
I, I don't think he'll be a star of a deck, but he will be a, a, a nice linchpin piece in, into water decks to come. So for sure. All right. All right. Now. So you say that we're going to do one more, right? Yes. So I will take a second. I generated a new number and I'm going to make sure I get the right set. All right. <clears throat> so uh, with Time Gazer, uh, I have pulled card number 19, uh, which leads us to a lightning Pokemon, Electrike. Uh, it's a single prize Pokemon. Uh, HP 60, basic Pokemon with two very unassuming attacks. Uh, it has one for one lightning, a zap kick for 20 damage. And then for a double colorless Thunderfang, 20 damage, flip a coin. If hedge, your opponent's active Pokemon is now paralyzed. Um, you're most likely, if you're going to use this card, you're going to evolve it to possibly the Manetric, which mm -hmm. is the next card up. Um, it evolves from, obviously, Electric, and then has a double colorless attack for bite for 50 damage, and then assault laser for lightning and a double colorless, which is 80 plus damage. If your opponent's active Pokemon has a Pokemon tool card attached to it, this attack does 80 more damage. So you're looking at 160 if your opponent has tools. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start on this one. I don't necessarily, I don't think that Manectric is a bad Pokemon, but uh, if it just did 160, you might see it a little bit better. Relying on the tool, which even though that's popular right now in the meta, um, once I just don't, just don't think he'll be able to make a deck work, unfortunately. I tend to agree. Um, yeah, I, I, this is bulk. I, I, I see no use for it. Um, <laughs> I'm no like wizard when it comes to these like random rogue decks, but I don't think even a ro like a rogue deck player is going to look at this and say, hmm, 160 yeah. for a stage one is where I'm at. I, I'm yeah. not a fan. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to sum it up with too much energy and uh, a stipulation that it's not horrible, but not great just because it's a stipulation. So I'm going to say that is bulk. And so we got one worthy candidate in our right. space juggler talk and uh, a bulk in our um, time gazer. Right. Talk. So cool. Um, with that, let's jump in to Turtwig Talks the Meta. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as RY for Gaming. I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week was very light on tournaments, but we still have 10 tournaments, 938 unique deck plays, and 2,698 matches to cover this week. So without further ado, let's get right into those top eights. Starting off, I was a little lenient because we didn't have that many tournaments, so I let Malamar slip into my top eights with only five plays in the top eight this week. Next, we have Mew Genesect with 11, Arceus Duraludon with 12, and Arceus Dex with 16 top 8 finishes this week, taking home the crown. That's it for the top 8s this week. Let's look at those boring meta numbers. All these decks had over a 50% win rate this week, those being Mew Genesect, Arceus Inteleon, Arceus Duraludon, ooh, Suicune Ludi, hoo-hoo! Jolteon Inteleon and Whimsicott. Oh my, that's a that's a 57.5 win percentage. Great job, Whimsicott. 
Notable changes to Rapid Strike Malamar, Arceus Inteleon, Arceus Duraludon, Rapid Strike Urshifu, Suicune Ludicolo, Jolteon Inteleon, and Whimsicott. Oh, I got the smorgasbord this week. So starting off, Rapid Strike Malamar was down in win percentage by a little over 3%, but the play percentage stayed about the same, so Rapid Strike Malamar just hit some bad matchups this week. So Arceus Inteleon was down in win percentage by about 4% from last week. It was about it was at about 55, and now it's at about 51, so still above that 50 threshold to make it a strong competitive deck. Next, Arceus Duraludon was up in play percentage by about 4%. But it was down in win percentage by about one and a half, but was still maintaining above 50% with 54% win percentage this week. So up in popularity, a little down in win percentage, but still above 50. Great job, Arceus Duraludon. Rapid Strike Urshifu. Whoo, this is some funky, funky stuff. Rapid Strike Urshifu was up in play percentage by about 3% and down in win percentage by about 6%. So bad matchups this week for Rapid Strike Urshifu. Next, Suicune Ludicolo was up in win percentage by about 7%. Big swings for Suicune Ludicolo this week. It hit a 56.5 win percentage this week. So great job, Suicune Ludicolo. Doing great. Next, Jolteon Inteleon was down in play percentage by about 2.5%. Uh, Whimsicott was down in win percentage last week from last week by about 7.5%. But... Last week it was at 65% win percentage, and this week it was at about 57.5, so Chuck, your deck is definitely coming in. That's it for our boring meta numbers. Wow, that was a lot today. Sorry, man, I'm almost out of breath. Whew. So, I would like to give some appreciation to our local group, Heroes in Comics, by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Locals, if we would ever have one again. Because this week we didn't have a winner, because we had a four-way tie. That's right, nobody was good enough to take our definitive 4-0 win this week. Maybe next week someone will try harder to take the gold. We'll see. Stay tuned for next week's drama report, where I dish out the well-deserved spice to the local Pittsburgh Pokemon players. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. So, let's talk about the wins of the week. All these decks won a single tournament this week. Those being Arceus, Arceus Malamar, Ice Rider, Jolteon, Eugenesect, Suicune, Togekiss, Chuck Rejoice, Whimsicott, and this deck took home two tournament wins this week, being the goat on the top, that being Arceus Duraludon. Now, Turkwood worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you, so if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. All right, and we are back. Uh, another great meta report from Ryan. Always love listening to those. Right. So can't wait to hear the shade he throws this week. Yeah, with the four-way tie. But right. at, least it was, at least it wasn't I. Nobody, wasn't, nobody wasn't played the tie. tie. There was no it IDs. Was, we all tried. Yeah. We they all, all tried. tried. So might be a reprieve but doubt it. <laughs> as with every day every, as, as with every time we come back from turtwig we go right into the news right now, we kind of spoiled a little bit of the news because we did time gazer and space juggler set list stuff for random card madness but that was like the big card reveal is the whole sets are out 
Right. So, I mean, so the whole sets are out. There are a few cards. I don't want to go. This is not a episode. We're going to go over everything. I just kind of want to talk about the highlighted cards here. Um, so actually, I just want to start off um, with Featherball, uh, which it is a trainer card. Search your deck for a Pokemon with a zero retreat cost. Reveal it and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your deck. Um, you may use as many items as you like. Um, Featherball, uh, what do you think? Yay, Mew needs more pieces. Well, Mew is going to lose Quick Ball. Um, I do. Mew is going to use this. He's going to abuse it. Uh, although I, I mean, think this is still worse for the deck <laughs> than having a Quick Ball because you want those discarding, um, uh, you know, times to use your discard, um, and you're not going to have as many options. So, um, Feather Ball, great for Mew. Um, there will be other decks that use it though. I I agree that like. Losing the quick ball and gaining the feather ball is is not what you would want because you do want to discard cards with Mew, but like giving a bona fide, I mean, they already had it anyway, but just giving another silly item they can burn to go get what a card that they may need. I mean, because, uh, I mean, that's basically an Evo Incense for Mew VMAX. So right, it's actually yeah, it's even better because <laughs> it's not basic. It doesn't have to be specifically yeah. basic. So um, I mean, it is only searching out mu v's in that deck, but I mean, it gets both right both the v and the v max. So, it, so yeah, it's it's gonna be a great card for mu. It's gonna have its niche uses outside of mu. It's not gonna be a four of in every deck like Quick Ball is and um, I guess was. Um, but still another Pokemon search, especially as we're about to lose some. Uh, so definitely needed um, to have more Pokemon search. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of it. Um, I'm trying to think of more Pokemon. I can't think of more Pokemon off the top of my head besides Mew Max that are going to really want to use that card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that's the thing off the top of my head. That's the best, best case scenario for that, for Featherball. Right. Um, so this one we did reveal, but you weren't here last week. So I do want to get your thoughts on this card here. Gardena's Vitality. Um, draw two cards, then attach up to two Grass Energy cards from your hand to one of your benched Pokemon. It is a supporter card, so you can only use one per turn. But Grass Welder? Uh, I would argue that this is better Grass Welder. Like, I agree. Okay, so Welder was insanely popular because you got to attack. I, I think everyone thought the draw was just like it made the card work, so you could actually play it and actually see more cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 ability to attach three energy just turned on so many decks. But not three off of Welder, obviously, but two. And the then, two plus the one attached, and then plus your basic attached. Which you're basically so, still getting that with this. Yeah. Um, so, but the thing with Gardenia is that you, like, the thing with Welder was you needed to have the energy in hand. So, like, uh, Hearth was, like, insanely popular. Like, right. they went together, like, um, cookies and cream or, I don't know, ketchup and mustard, something like that. <laughs> um Peas and carrots. Yeah, but this one, this one literally, you can like, and then when you weldered for one, you just felt bad, and then you draw the fire energy, and you're like, dang it. But then this one, you can literally draw two. If you get a grass, you can attach it. 
Yeah, it just gives you options. So you yeah, draw before. It, um, it definitely will save your biscuits when you're trying to accelerate three on a turn when you only have one in hand, potentially. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah, it's a good card. It's, go it's going to make grass uh, relevant. Not that it's not necessarily relevant because there's, you know, a lot of different decks that are, are on that cusp right there. It's also going to help those colorless uh, Pokemon uh, because it does not say you have to attach it to a grass Pokemon. So Arceus, uh, we're already insanely popular. If you'd want to take DTEs, if say there's like a, a lot of hate for special energies, um, you don't want those DTEs, you can just throw a lot of grass in there. Gardena's to him accelerate that way you're off and running and you're good to go the only uh, the the only like the only thing that might become a hindrance is the fact that it has to go to a benched pokemon right that's the only thing i don't think the two cards is going to be that big of a drawback between i mean it might be but um with other cards coming out as well i i think two is sufficient right no i agree i agree um 100%. So let's jump on to the next one. Um, and this is one is going to be a stadium card. And that's the Gapejaw Bog. Um, whenever a player plays a basic Pokemon from their hand onto their bench, uh, they place two damage counters on that active Pokemon. Or on, the, on that Pokemon. I'm sorry, not active. What do you think about this, uh, this Gapejaw Bog? Um, I mean, you might see, I don't know. I mean, it is, it is nice ping damage. If you get it early, I mean, you're basically saying you're going to put whatever you put down is going to take 20 damage. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always decks like, um, Spiritomb or, or, yeah. Or like the Fampy deck right now where they, they, they want to hurt themselves sometimes to boost their damage. Um, so and then, yeah, again, um, Jolteon would enjoy this. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, Jolteon would really like that because, you know, you play a basic and now you don't have to find that zigzagoon being and then bam, um, <laughs> you're off to the races, um, smacking damage on other people and taking KOs. Yeah. Um, I think if you get that early, it, it'll be nice. And decks that really want that damage uh, counters, like the, the single strike more Peko or... Mm -hmm. like a spirit tomb uh they'll really like that um just being able to get to higher damage counters earlier right no i agree um all right so let's jump in there were a couple more i'm trying to <clears> find <throat> them here and i know we talked a lot a lot of these in the set um but there it is uh do you want to do you want to go over two... a rangaroo well there's two more items i want to talk about if you don't mind from sure. above that were where we were because um, I don't remember you guys talking about trekking shoes. That's um, right. I, I'm sorry. I did skip that one. Uh, which I think, which is another reason why, like, uh, I think that's going to be a popular card. Because um, it's basically kind of like a new acrobike mm -hmm. um, where you get to see the top card. If you don't like it, then you draw the next one. Um, so you, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, 1.5 cards, maybe um because you can potentially see two right um, I, I mean I it's like... it's it gives you options uh and especially 
uh, you're trying to find your dig through your deck or discard things. It's definitely a a card that can help for sure. And then I I just wanted to ask this question. Do you think switch cart just replaces switches? Um, Switch card, uh, it depends on the deck you're playing. So switch cart, a switcher active basic Pokemon with one of your, uh, Bench oh, okay, Pokemon. Uh, if mind, you do, deal re- 30 damage. <laughs> I missed the basic advocate right. in there. I just was like, why would it just switch and heal? Right. Like, so in Expanded, when you're playing, um, like, let's just say uh, Lucario Melmetal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a basic Pokemon you're yeah, healing. You so, go. yeah, you play that in that deck or deck similar to that. Um, but, yeah, I read it at first, and I'm like, well – there goes my gold switches. I'm never playing them again. And then I reread it and I'm like, basic. Yeah, so we're there, good. There, we're good. <laughs> there was a caveat that I, I read too fast. So that's right. Fine. Remember, I, we make this mistake and we still harp it. Read the cards. <laughs> yes. Yes. Read the cards. All right. Now uh, you wanted to do a Rangaroo. A Rangaroo V. I'll All scroll right. down to it and you can <clears throat> go ahead and give a good read. All right. So a Rangaroo V is a colorless Pokemon, 210 HP. Um, and then it has an attack for three colorless uh, called Psychic. 30 plus damage. This attack does 50 more damage for each energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon. And then the ability has all, it also has an ability called Order. Once during your turn, if this Pokemon is in your active spot, you may search your deck for two Pokemon tool cards, reveal them, and put them into your hand. It's not uh, bad. Not bad for a quick Pokemon search or Pokemon pool search. Right. So I think this card may see utility with what the shopping mall, or I keep forgetting what it's called. Um, shopping shop, oh, no, uh, no, shopping the, mall. The shopping, shopping mall stadium. So say yeah. say you have like a balloon, you, you pull them up or down. Uh, but, you know, late game, uh, this attack does 50 more damage, uh, let's see, for each energy attached. So again, Dark Rise is going to be a thing. There's going to be a lot of decks with potential, um, you know, a lot of energy on board. Um, and you could just find that tool to, um, you know, find the, you know, may, maybe a balloon to take him out of active and also finding the vitality belt, or I always forget what that is, uh, to, you know, to choice switch belt. a choice belt to switch to one of your active Pokemon, even maybe putting it on him um, for the attack. I'm just giving you that option. Um, is he going to be groundbreaking? Probably not, because there are a lot of two prizers out there. Um, but definitely some utility, and I think a lot of um, deck creativity ex- uh, possibilities with him. Well, I will say he might find a home in Pachirisu. Um, the deck, surprisingly, is not horrible. I've played it a few times online um, The tool the, with the tool, tool drop and, and whatnot. So, I mean, being able to find tool, two tools is good for that deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the liability of having a two prizer on the bench, though, is is the pro like is that because I mean, we live Entre- in a world where that's normal now. Um, yeah, we're having those two prize liabilities, uh, or we'll call them liabilities, but uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if if it ups the damage, if it if it smooths out and gets the damage more helpful for Patrice, who that having that lot li- the extra liability because Hans Crow kind of works himself out when you just keep putting cape of toughnesses on him, right? Um, but uh, being able to basically up your damage 60 damage every turn without necessarily drawing another card um, as long as you can get him in and out of your active which yeah I mean, balloons the yeah but. and he's he's not a complete liability like you play a crowbat uh you know you play yeah. eldegoss luminian 
cards like that. You play them for their effect when you drop them, and then they're essentially a dead card. This card has utility in the attack, and it's once during your turn um, if he's in the active spot. You don't have to play him down. Like if he if you can move him to the active and then switch him back. So you can get multiple uses out of this Pokemon. So not a bad card. Yeah, not bad. All right. Were there a couple other that we just wanted to quickly go over? Um, I think we've already talked about Heavy Ball, but we want to talk about Super Effective Glasses, uh, another Pokemon tool. Um, and it reads, when this Pokemon card is attached to, uh, is attached to, is attached to, am I reading that weird? No, it's when not. This, it's not translated right. Okay. I was, I was just like, wow, I need to reread it. So basically, well, no, it, when it, this it is, is attached, it, when this is attached to your Pokemon and it does damage, Instead of doing two times damage, it does three times damage for weakness. Um, so I think this card is potentially a mistake in my eyes, but I want your thoughts on this first. I'm going to, uh, I, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake. I think it's, I think you might be surprised at how much this might be overkill, except this, this might make single prizers like way too good. That because, is where I'm getting at, right there. Um, because if you can take a like chump attack off of like a stage one or even like a basic, right, and then get to 200 and take a KO somehow with that three times, mm -hmm. that might not be fun. Like um, when you're talking about V on V hate, uh, like uh, like this is V star hate already. Like I know, but yeah, correct. Hate. But it like we're not you're not worried about using this with your Galarian Zapdos to hit your Arceus V for three times effectiveness. He already exactly. does it plenty good enough with two times. Right. What you want to do is take a a low ball attack for uh, I don't know that uh, the Manetric. You're, you're, you're doing. Earlier. There's plenty of Pokemon that yeah do like a hundred a hundred and ten that does eighty damage, uh, and then you times that by three off of a stage one that hits a water Pokemon for lightning weakness that now hits it for 240. And that's where I think the mistake lies because I think that makes, it makes single prize Pokemon too good, I think, potentially. Like I, there, there's still, we're what, we're losing Tool Scrapper and Tool Jammer? There's the thing is, uh, no tool jammer should be around. Tool jam okay, so we are losing scrapper though. So scrapper will be will be rotating, but they might reprint it still. Maybe um, I I I'm not a fan of this card. Um, I'm I might not be a fan of it either, but there are a lot of things that need to go right. Still, I'm just going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. Right, kind of with you, but you need to have the tool. You need to attach the tool, and you need to be able to hit for weakness. So, right. Unless, like, you can get it like a, a dark box deck that is taking advantage of the meta at the moment, like currently, like how their Mew is very popular, and then throw this in it and make it a little bit easier. But you're never going to have a deck that's just like, I'm going to run every color and then be able to hit everything for weakness. Right. I mean, it's there's cool. still going to be inconsistencies, but if you play the meta correctly and you read the meta, oh, yeah, Mew V Max is the play right now, right? So you're going to play a bunch of dark pokemon that just do nothing um hit for 100 damage 110 or like you throw a ping on there and you're you're okoing uh, a pokemon when you have you 
really should have no right to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at I that mean, time of the at that time of the I, game. I'm just I trying just... to like I'm trying to think of a random card that might be effective attacker. Like I don't know, uh a Crobat V with that attached. Well, it also dark energy even, hits even with Galarian damage now. Even with the Galarian um Moltres, uh the dark the baby one, uh you still have to take him out at a specific time of the game and then just like you know, it, it does that math. Uh, when I believe it's what four prizes, and that that at that point it starts okoing stuff. Yeah. At this point, you just need to do it with what one or two, and it's no big deal. And then yeah, like like chat saying, Zora Arc box, um, Zora Arc just one shotting things <laughs> like mm -hmm. crazy. Like, it will make Zora Arc good probably. Um, if Let's you're just... basing on attack, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm still not a fan of this. It, it might change the meta in a unhealthy weight in my opinion yeah, let's potentially say, potentially we'll see tool stock might be going up so tool hate might also be going up so. right all right well i know there were probably a few other cards that we missed there but i think that's enough um with the news um we do want to get into our talks and we're already what almost an hour in uh so we're gonna quit the news portion and jump into our regular meat of the conversation so i'm going to switch it over guys so sorry for the un unfavorable sounds here <laughs> all right cool so um going in to our meat of a conversation we want to talk about the regionals uh south america regionals there was a lot that went down um, we want to talk about MetaShare. We want to talk about the top decks, some of the decks that came out that were unknown um, going in there. And then there were a couple controversies that we do need to talk about and, and just a lot of talk about regionals in general. So uh, first and foremost, um, Chuck, did you pull up those, those top eights or the MetaShares? Uh, yeah, I, um, I have the top eight list. I don't have a complete MetaShare of like the day two that they have been doing. Right. But um, I just couldn't find that graphic, but I have what was in the top eight. Let's go. Um, so uh, the top eight consisted of one, two, three, four, five RCS V stars, two V Max, and one Jolteon V Max. Um, so they have an RC in there. Yeah. Well, of the RCS V stars in the top eight, there was one Rapid Strike Urshvu slash Crobat V Max, two Bird Boxes, one Inteleon, and then one. Winsicott V Star. <laughs> yeah. So we don't need to talk about what won yet. Let's, I know you want, you've been fighting at the bits to talk about this. So Winsicott. So first yeah. big finish. Let's shoot. First big what, finish. Let's talk about I mean, about it. It, it, it did win a straight Winsicott deck, did win a tournament over the week as well. Uh, but Tiago, I'm going to give him high five. He took Arceus um, with uh whimsicott um to kind of do exactly what you think uh when you actually read whimsicott's attacks that aren't due 60x to the bench right um be as degenerate as possible um so he's i'm looking at his deck list he's running two times fan of waves four crushing hammers the uh three two whimsicott's and he's just getting the whimsicott's on and saying you can't attach special energy, have fun, and then I'm going to try and like negate all of your energy that you possibly can put on the table. Right. And I mean, just... it was a really good meta call for the time being because we, we just talk, talked about the top eight. Um, yeah. We got, we'll start with the most popular, um, 
right now is RCS variants um, that double uh, turbo or double coalesce or what I always forget. Um, but the turbo energy, double turbo energy uh, huge for that deck, no matter what variant you're playing, because you usually want like basic attach plus that accelerate, mm -hmm. then you're good to go. Um, but that can definitely hinder that, especially if you're going faster. Mew, I mean, you're, you're playing that fusion strike, you're playing the double turbo. Um, very, I, I would say actually majority of Mew players probably don't play regular energy right now, currently. Um, and even um, if they do, even if they do, it's like probably a 50-50, but even if they do, they got the crushing hammers for those. Um, yeah. And there's, there's less, there's less of the, of the um, stadium training court to, to pull those out. Um, and then what Jolteon, I mean, it's not exclusive that it needs special energies, uh, but it, I mean, if you hit some hammers and then use those fan of waves and, and disrupt that deck, um, it's a, it's a good meta call. Yeah. And then uh, I don't see any tool hate. So keeping that, it would be just, it, I mean, being able to withstand the, the three attacks because this right. is not something that's going to, I mean, it has Bibarels. So, I mean, you got to watch out for the Badoos being pinged with the Jolteon. But um, it also, I just wanted to also like comment too with the Mew VMAX, like the uh, Australian winner, um, Natalie. Natalie. No, no basic energy. Everything was special. Right. So if you, if you can get Whimsicott up and can attack before they get enough energy on the board, boom, done. Like just can't, can't place it. So I do um, want to kind of um, talk about that where you just said um, you not not playing special energy or I'm sorry not playing basic energy um, there is still a workaround um, I and this is you know how I was so dead set on playing um, peony in the in those mu decks I have since come off of that because listening to other players um, especially toward Reclive, you know saying he wouldn't play mu without switching cup and that's huge I was playing the matchup again on the ladder before the podcast and switching cup uh, energy if you have it in your hand into your deck to then play uh your mellowettas i'm sorry the, uh, the elsa sparkles um is a huge play in that matchup and can potentially still win you the game and it's also a really good protecting card for those path of the peaks out there so um so transitioning into mew from that matchup i think a lot of the top players are playing it with that switching cup. And I actually, after pl play testing it about 20 games or so now, I think it's super necessary. Yeah. I mean, the it's, it's, it has more utility when you talk about it in that way. Plus the simple play that you have with Rotom foams, right. uh, basically turning a Rotom phone into a, a, an old Jirachi wish. Right. Um, actually it's an anything jirachi wish like uh so i mean it has a little bit more utility than maybe some of the other cards they had in there to just try and to burn cards really right um because you can still burn it just to burn it if you need to um yeah but i so, i do th think with the current variation of a lot of the top level mu players or the top level you know you know placing mu decks there is a lot more thoughtfulness on when to burn and when to save and what to switch out and in with those um, those item cards. Uh, so there there is a little bit more nuance to the get deck now, and I think it it 
lends to the deck to have a little bit more survivability because it did look a little grim um, right after uh, Brisbane going into the next regionals where there's just there's so much different kind of hate. And I think Mew is kind of morphed and changed the deck a little bit. Um, subtle changes to kind of help that consistency to protect them um, from those disruption cards that really, um, you know, took it down for a couple of weeks and didn't really give it much of a, um, you know, of a chance. Yeah. I mean, the deck is, the thing is that the deck is really good. Like I'm looking at someone else's deck list that placed 11th. I want to say they were 11th place. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no basic energy still managed to get all the way to 11th place. Um, I mean, there's a lot of decks that are built to just hate on UV Max, but it still just survives. Like, right? Uh, yeah, it, with, it with does... a little bit of adjustment, it, it definitely can, you know, yeah. still. And and uh, there are people that are still like toward with the switching cups. There are still people that are trying to, like, not necessarily innovate, but basically, a com like, adapt the deck mm. to overcome. The, p- the, the pieces that people are trying to use to hard counter it. Um, sure. So it is, um, has still has a lot of room to um, basically in like shore up matchups let, that things that come out and get it. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at deck lists and they still have, you know, four battle BIP passes and four chromatics. Like I know those cards are great in that deck, but I mean, there's still room that I think they could, if they needed to safeguard against something that was a silver bullet, find it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. All right. So jumping from uh, those two variants that had um, some pretty good success, uh, last week's winner, the Urshifu uh, variant, uh, didn't see as much of a representation in that top eight, um, only having one variant make it. I think we were just talking about Mew where it's a little bit more adaptable than it was in the weeks past with a couple different changes of cards um, to protect it really kind of hindered that deck and pushed it down. Um, do you think this is more of a, just like a week to week thing where you might see Urshfu shoot back up? Um, or do you think he's going to stay down a little bit because Mew does seem to be in a much better spot than he was, um, you know, just two weeks ago? Um I, I think Urshifu capitalized on the is the Urshifu train is like capitalizing on the popular of the Arceus like right. boxes. So like I think Urshifu is just a all around good like one of the best fighting Pokemon in utility of attackers. So the deck itself like Ursh, just Urshifu fight like by itself could like avoid Mew like it would be a great deck in general. Right. Right. I mean, um, there's a lot of a lot of decks that can say if they can just avoid that one deck. Yeah, uh, it will be good. Um, case in point that there was a, a there there's an archetype that's just or Rapid Strike Urshifu. No, it doesn't say there's any Arceus in it in 13th place. But it just just saying that is just I think that that's the fighting Pokemon of choice right now to kind of combat Arceus builds. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we'll talk about that Arceus build because I, I think it does it does take a really rough matchup to any any Urshifu that comes out there. Um, but aside from that, um, if Mew is, is still a line chair and plus the pseudo mirror matches, um, even ones with um, just the Zapdos, 
Um, it mm -hmm. feels really good. It's in a really good spot. Um, and it took the lead out of the big three, right? So we got Mew that took the first blow um, in that re in this regional season. Then we got Ursh uh, we then we had Arceus, then Urshifu again, and then back to Arceus. Um, Arceus just seems to slowly be creeping oh. towards that BDIF, uh, you know, spot. Um, do you well, think the last, three, the last three winners all had Arceuses in them? Right, uh, yeah, right. But this 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 Arceus it was a Arceus Inteleon specifically attacking specifically. with Arceus. Um, and I believe that was the same case two, uh, two weeks ago. I could be wrong. My memory is not the best sometimes, but um, Arceus. Well, I mean, uh, for uh, Salt Lake City was Ar Arceus and Gengar. That's right. That's they right. Were kinda, they were kind of even. Basically, mm -hmm. I felt like it was Arceus versus everything else, Gengar versus Mew. Yeah. And uh, last um, week when Urshifu won, I still feel it was more of an Urshifu deck um, or at least a, a deck with different fighting options. Uh, it, um, the deck Robin played probably had a little bit more. I mean, it had it had. I mean, it could a billion. It arguably, had enough one ofs for that was reminiscent of a Sander de deck list. But so it was just basically like uh, what uh, it had a couple different techs in there that he could use as attackers. So it was a Arceus toolbox, but the biggest tool in the box was Rapid Strike Urshifu. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think Arceus in a really good spot um, just to stay always relevant. Um, like I've talked in a previous podcast, um, just the versatility with him. Um, he, he'll always have, he'll always be a potential partner to something to keep him relevant in the game. Even if he is there just for his ability, which still you would still want to use his attack, I think, um, is still really relevant. And, and he's going to be there, I think, until the end. And I, th I think Mew is still just as solid um but he is a lot more linear um he doesn't have a lot of like other pokemon like that can potentially tech in and out with him he, he does have a couple item cards that kind of keep keep him relevant depending on what the meta looks like um but i think overall arceus is just in a little bit better of a spot in the long run over mew yeah i think you're gonna see arceus not he's gonna hang around at the top in these regionals because you can pair him with so many different things. I mean, I mean, Liverpool, we were talking about Malamar VMAX. Um, right. We were talking about Santa Conda VMAX right. and Flygon, uh, which I love that deck. But um, n now this week, we're talking about uh, Whimsicott V-Star and we're right. talking about um, Rapid Strike Urshifu a little bit more. You know what I mean? Uh, right. And Crobat VMAX coming out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like uh, it's just, I feel like, well, we're going to have a little bit of lull now, right? Sao, since Sao Paulo is done, but I feel like next time, next time, then we have a regional. You're going to be talking about Arceus and maybe a different Pokemon again. Right. All right. So those were all the positives. There were a lot of really cool decks out there. There was a lot of you know good play, um, and all of those top decks that we expect to do well do well. Um, but there is a little bit of a elephant in the room when it comes to this. This is now the second regionals in a row there we had. I think it was second in a row. Maybe it was two out of three. I forget which one it was. Um, but there was a little bit of controversy um, with players potentially cheating. And I just I just want to, I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to say the guy's name or anything like that. I just want to just reiterate, um, regardless if your opponent is trying to cheat or not, it's always a good idea to question them 
and not necessarily just take their word for it when it comes to math, when it comes to combinations. If you ever have a question about something hmm, that doesn't seem quite right, please, please, please call a judge. That is what they're there for. Um, and it, it is kind of becoming a trend where it might be that there are some people that are out there that are, are a little bit malicious in their attempts to win. Um, you know, we had the, the whole marked card thing a couple of weeks ago. I think, I don't remember exactly. Um, and now this that was, one, that was in Salt Lake city. Right. And then this one was, if you guys are unaware, um, for, for this regionals, we had a player who's playing rapid strike Malamar, uh, and they didn't have the, quite the math because they, they thought they did. Um, and then they realized their, one of their drizzles, you know, wasn't a rapid strike. Um, but then they, they, they were about to play their cards and you see them pull back. And then they put that drizzle right next to the Intellion and then really, really quickly just do like the card count, boom, 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 and shuffle it in before they have a chance. Um, you know, that that kind of stuff, unfortunately, you kind of have to keep an eye out on, but you can't always trust your opponent. Oh, yeah, that's he's going to have the math. Make him prove it. Like, it's never a bad idea. I, and, and locally, I know I, I trust all our local players, but, you know, whenever we've had people playing that specific decks, like, can I please see your cards? And, and there's nothing malicious about asking for something like that so when it comes to you know keeping your eye out um, and always making sure you're looking at your opponent because I know a lot of people have a hard time um, with eye contact or even just like quote-unquote staring at your opponent <laughs> um, it, it's, it's something that you kind of need to do especially if you're trying to achieve these higher levels um, and, and just make sure you know everything is on the up and up yeah I mean <clears throat> I've, I've played on that situation, I mean, you just got to – because the ultimately, I believe, if I remember the situation correctly, it was only caught because this player was on stream. So right. kudos for the cojones to do it on stream. Do it on stream. And unfortunately, um, I think I remember seeing the stream saying uh, at the time that person was um, undefeated or something at that point, and you mm -hmm. don't know how many times he might have – I mean, again, I'm not – Yeah. I, I just well, it puts question in your mind whenever um something like that happens um and and there's two two kind of ways to look at it because i mean everyone wants to grab their pitchforks and and go after them and i mean it's kind of right i mean you don't really want to like you know baby cheaters and stuff like that so right i get that um but then there's also room for honest mistakes but i don't necessarily you know going over the facts of the situation and things that you can see because we have video replay of it. I don't think this right. was necessarily a mistake um, because of the way you do it. Because right. I mean, most people who play ours, like when you play Malamar, you have to reveal the cards and it's con there's, those are knowledge that the player gets to see what you're revealing. Exactly. And so don't let it was, regardless the way it was revealed. It was definitely like, it definitely looked like he was trying, like trying to get one over. Right. Um, yeah, it, whenever an opponent does something really quickly and tries to shuffle stuff back, that is a red flag. Um, definitely, you know, it's in your right to ask, hey, slow it down. I don't see, I did not see what you revealed. Like, try to do that quickly. Um, yeah. You know, in, in, in from this attack or anything that's similar where they have to reveal stuff. So um, yeah. just keep, and, keep your eye out for the up and up. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, and again, I'm not, I'm not out here trying to pitchfork and, and get this guy kicked out or, girl or whatever whoever um i'm not i'm not that kind of like that the police there i'm just i'm just trying to look out for the community and make sure nobody gets wrong done yeah and 
it's 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 kind of like more of a PSA for you know the the I don't know who he was playing against, but you can just be like, hey, can I see that? Like the fact that he didn't let him see the cards, then you can just be like, hey, man, I wanted to, I need to see those. To, right. I want to know what you have in your deck because I mean that's knowledge that you can gain. Right. Um, just just do it do it on that aspect because it's it's within your right to know what he's he's throwing out. And I mean, I was quick to just say, well, maybe he made a mistake because I've played that deck and I've just thrown down cards and then I realized. Oh yeah, math, math is hard, hard. <laughs> when especially when yeah. you're in the heat of the moment. Yeah. It is definitely and, hard. And I could see someone you know, crunched on time, got to play a little faster, maybe you know nervous, but. Um, just looking over the facts of the situation, that wasn't what I deemed, what, what I would think would happen, happened. Right. But, um, but on a, on just in a scenario, just make sure you see, if you, if you have not, like, don't let people, things that you should be able to see and reveal, get the knowledge, like have them let right. inspect it real quick. Even if you're just, just to make sure that what they're playing is what they're playing. Right. Um, um, just just simple fact like if someone says like quick ball this and then they end up throwing an ultra ball instead you know what i mean right. just inspect to make sure it's an actual quick ball you know what i mean um that's all like because it's a quick if you do things real quick the shadier players are try to get one over on you and that's just exactly. that's so easy way to prevent it exactly all right so let's move on from this um, you know, we are in the midst of regional season. Um, if you're, you know, a seasoned player already locked up a spot to Worlds, or you might be a player that's on the cusp, um, you know, pre-pandemic, um, or your players like me and Chuck, where we have no realistic chance because we started with zero points in this uh, pandemic world, but we're still going to IRL season or, you know, regional events. Um, I, I want to talk worked out. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Win and I see, and then you're good to go. Um, yeah, no, I mean, two, I plan to do that, but <laughs> I plan on top. And, I plan on top of boring two regionals and then winning and or no top eighting NIC. Why don't you just win the NIC and then you're in? You don't have to worry about the regionals. Because, just... <laughs> no, because then I win worlds. The only planning on winning is the worlds. Right. That's okay. my one win. Either way, we're going into <laughs> preparation for these big tournaments, right? Um, a lot of players don't, you know, are in the same boat as us. Um, I would say. You know, in Pokemon, I am in this new boat, but there are plenty of, you know, suggestions or things that I've done in, in the game of X-Wing to prepare uh, for, for that. So what are some things that you do to prepare for upcoming tournaments? Um, you know, Salt Lake City, I'm sorry, not Salt Lake City, um, Indianapolis is coming up soon. Say you're going to Indy, what would be your strategy right now? Uh, what deck would you play? Um, would you already kind of have it narrowed down? Like, go. Um, I mean, one of the things I, I do is I kind of, I spend a little bit more time looking at what is popular in the meta, um, and what you're most likely going to be looking at facing throughout the day. Right. Um, and then kind of tailor your deck choice around that a little bit, if, and especially depending on how much time you have to practice and get, get games in. Right. So uh, the, the huge thing you just said there is, is know the meta. So I would say at least know the top like five decks. Um, so right now we have, you know, there's, there's a couple Arceus variants, there's Mew variants. Um, Jolteon is making a resurgence. We've got the Rapid Strike Malamar. 
Um, those are decks you can expect. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a small handful of decks uh, like that Gengar deck that won with, uh, um, with the Arceus. And there, there are decks like that that maybe aren't the, the top, top meta, but are still decks you need to be aware of. So just knowing the meta and what your deck does against it is huge. Um, for me, I like to prepare and over-prepare and play, 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 and refine one deck. Um, and of course, you got to keep an eye out of what the meta is and that wheel we're in. Um, currently, we just had Arceus win, so potentially um, you, you might see an uptick in fighting decks do well. Um, but again, you, know, you might see either way. Um, be aware of your matchups in those and then you know, play test those matches, even the bad matches. Um, and do you make changes to try to you know, make a tech to make one matchup winnable? Or do you uh, play, you know, do, don't play any cards that make that matchup and just hope to miss it where it, it goes to that effect. So uh, know your deck, know your outs um, and all that fun jazz. Um, Chuck, what deck would you be playing right now if you're going to Indianapolis? Um, gun to my, well, see, gun to my head, that'd be hard. Uh, I would be at a tough choice between UV Max and um, uh, Operation Desert Storm, but <laughs> I would actually be changing Desert Storm because I, I was literally, I mean, I'm, I was hitting on this when we were at Locals. I, I like the Santa Conda in the deck. I think it's fun, but I actually think you can put Urshifu in it instead and it'll still kind of work the same. But um, I haven't really played that enough to be like super confident with it. So that's right. why it's, Mu V Max is something I've played more. I know it can work. Right. Um, uh, I'm not super confident with just RCS builds in general. Um, I like the idea of like I also like the idea of Whimsicott, but again, that's something I haven't played. So I would probably be focusing on one of those two and and honing it into I don't know like take a week and then halfway through the week pick one or the other what right. i feel might be more confident and then just get the rest of the week's practice with that deck right so for me i i've already made my decision unless something goes crazy so i have a plan a which that's what i'm going to play and then a plan b that i i've played a lot with the deck but you know if something changes last minute that i think oh my plan a is not going to be that that deck um i would switch to plan b so currently um for me i value consistency over everything over playing uh, there's a arceus boxes that are playing weakness different weakness pokemon to take knockouts um and i've played those decks they're good um it, it does lead to a little bit of inconsistency so for me again consistency consistency is key so i would be playing arceus inteleon the deck basically the same deck that just won this weekend i've been on that deck for since arceus came out um that's what I'm most comfortable with. It has a great matchup spread. It has answers for basically everything. Um, it, it can still take uh, Mew 50-50 at least. The mirror matches are good, especially if you know what you're doing. Um, and against all these other decks, um, they're just not as consistent. So again, that's the play I would be playing. But like I said, I have a backup case just in case. And if I'm seeing Urshifu is everything and, and, dark, and fighting's out there, Mew, I mean, it's, it's a good deck. It is more consistent, like we've already talked about. The place in the meta, this the, where it falls in the meta right now, I feel is 
so much stronger than what it was two weeks ago um, with all the, just just a couple small item changes um, and a small you know supporter count changes and everything like that makes the deck a little less susceptible to path their peak clearly this the the weakness is still a thing so you're still going to have to avoid some of those dark box decks uh, and try to out consistent them but those would be the two plays um, I've already put over 100 games in with both. Uh, I feel confident that I know most of the matchup spreads um, and there's not a lot of uh, things that really um, say, hey, Arceus, don't play this uh, because this deck's going to be like a major key factor. Yeah. I think going off with the piggybacking off that new conversation is that I think you, the difference uh, between you, like, uh, a day two Mew day, like play mm-hmm. and just play like, and being out like, I don't know, Oh, three drop or whatever um, is your familiarity and like the skill with the deck in itself and knowing, not letting the deck play itself. Like you knowing right. how to, um, to play what you want to play when you need to play it and right. not just um, vomiting cards because the deck can. Right. Uh, that is going to be the difference. So if you want to play Mew Max, you got to play it like play it a lot and know right exactly when you it, want. To the deck that. is more skillful than people give it credit for because they're like, oh, you just dump cards, dump, dump cards all day. Um, but manage resources, um, managing those power tablets, managing um, your stadiums uh, with those cards like we talked about with Rotom Phone and Switching Cup, I think are huge. Um, there are a couple other small little texts that you can put in there as well. Um, but it's not just dump and go. Um, I've yeah. seen players do that. I, you know, I've played against m- many players on ladder and summit locals where, you know, they go all in for that first attack and then ha- they're like three quarters of the way through their deck. And if they don't hit it, uh, they're just stuck in that. Now they, they've over, overextended and now they, they can't meaningfully knock things out in one turn, um, especially with Arceus being out there with with uh with the Charon's care um it can really you, you can really overextend quickly if you're not careful that's why um i i would be leaning towards something like uh the rcs intelligent or, or rcs with santa conda and all that fun stuff uh just because like you were talking with brock last week uh, i just like having the counters to what is popular like being able to pivot um to a pokemon that will be good against something else that is pop like like santa conda is good against rcs or or, um using the b drill against mew or whatever um i just i like having those options but then it does breed to a little bit of inconsistency which you are trying to avoid right so i i get those i um i would probably still me personally i probably walk on the wild side a little bit more and would pick a deck that is probably a little bit more inconsistent, but has those counters in it. Right. I, I value consistency over gimmick. So it may lose me a game because my opponent hits the nuts, um, but I would rather make sure that I'm not relying on luck and I'm more relying on decision-making. Um, and that's why I would stick with Arceus. Yeah, well, that's not necessarily that I rely on. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I wasn't trying to call you out at any means yeah. by that. I, I, I might, might have worded that incorrectly. I'm sorry. Um, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. I'm sorry. No, no. It's, it's not that. Yeah, I, 
it's not necessarily like I don't want to say that you're throwing me on the bus, but it's not that I'm going to rely on luck. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to probably not play. I, I, I'll probably play a deck that a deck that will brick, right? Maybe once, right? You know, like that. It just. I mean, it happened to me at locals. I, I right. couldn't get uh, an Arceus against an Urshifu for. Or I couldn't get a switch card for three turns or something so, like that. I, I it was just. Um, that's all. I mean, it, sometimes that might happen with a deck that uh, I might choose. Right. I, I just because... heard too many players over time say, I would have won if my deck didn't break. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to bring a deck that's going to potentially break. I hear you. I hear you on that. Um, I, I try not to say that I would have won. I usually right. will say, well, I bricked, and that was the choice I made with the deck that can do right. that. Exactly. Um, so there's a lot of skill in just the choice you make uh, before mm-hmm. the tournament starts, and that's one of them. Yeah. If that's a risk you're willing to take, then 100% go with it. But if 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 you want to say, oh, I lost because of X reason or that reason, um, you know, it might not be the deck for you. Yeah. Um, I, so that's a that's a thing in in a whole nutshell in its other way is, is being honest with how you lose games. Um, because there are people that just want to basically blame it on anything besides their play. Right. Um, which is, the opposite. <laughs> uh, uh, I always try and figure out a different Avenue. Cause I will honestly, like I've even questioned like going back, like what you would think is probably the best play. Um, like I had nothing in my hand or, and I, I did a, a crowbat for something or professored my hand away. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that because I didn't necessarily need seven cards right away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I question a lot of things when I lose and I don't try and just, well, I didn't uh, get the card I needed. Right. Um, so. Okay. So I, I want to talk about something that um, I don't think we've talked about before. I don't think we've heard a lot about it in, you know, just the community in, in general, especially with this IRL place. Um, so we talked about the decks, um, you know, that are, you know, established decks to play S tier decks to give yourself a chance. Those B tier decks that are still those decks that can run hot. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're, you're a lot of times you're practicing at locals or on ladder, but I'm more specifically talking about locals here. And then we have players like our, our own RY for gaming that loves to bring that jank deck that you'll never see, um, there and it, it really is just like auto losses sometimes um do, do how do you balance reading the meta you know as a as a as a regional level kind of meta versus your local jank meta um ry for gaming playing dawn fan moltres that you'll never ever see um in in, in something like that so you cannot I, I guess it's bad practice because you might lose those games and then jump down and not, and not play the decks that you're hoping to play. So do, do things like that ever come into your head when you're trying to practice for, a, you know, a bigger event going to a small event? That in my head, they don't necessarily take front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to be ready for a little bit of a walk on a wild side on a tournament at the large scale of regionals because we're talking about uh i mean there was almost 800 players at salt lake city 
they're capping uh, 500 players at Liverpool because it was capped. There's probably could have been more um, because and, and uh, at uh, Liverpool, I mean, Don fan did well at Liverpool made day two, uh, a Harry Yama deck. Right. Made day two. I mean, like, I guess they, they can um, have success, but you're generally not going to see those rogue archetypes. No, and I'm not saying like they have success, but the point is like, you will see some crazy stuff out there during a regional and you can't necessarily have zero experience against craziness. Right. You know what I mean? Like having a local player that wants to play something like that and, and plays it really well, like, like our uh, oh, rifle sure. gaming who plays Don Flame Moltres is going to give you so much more experience when you go out and you go in regional and then there's some guy playing some wacky single prize or stuff. And then you know what you can kind of handle. Um, so it's not necessarily direct experience on a deck that you're going to see. It's kind of just that random. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On, on being able to filter out the weird day one stuff that you may see. Right. All right. So, I mean, that that's basically it for like preparation for all these IRL events coming. Um, we've done a, a big deep dive in, you know, to the metagame right now. Um I do want to kind of loosen it or, you know, have it a little bit lighter here at the end, a couple more topics. Um, and I do want to talk about um, this weekend. It was kind of funny because Twitter kind of blew up. Uh, this weekend was April Fool's Day. And there were a lot of cards out there um, that were floating around that got a couple people in chat. And we got a couple people, um, <clears throat> Chuck, um, fell for a couple of those. What were some of your favorite ones? I know I, I had one that stuck out to me, um, but I, <laughs> I, I want to hear your takes. So I got got so many times on April Fool's Day by this Pokemon community. I just said, I'm done. I shut <laughs> down. I, I turned the phone. I was like, no more Twitter. No more fa- like everything. I'm done. Everything's just done. Um, I'm not looking at everything anymore. Um, but my favorite, actually, it's not my favorite. I hate it because I love it. Is that stupid Radiant Mag- Magic Carp? Right. That's the number one. Like I instantly before, because I, I fell for it for a hot second, but my, my thought process was more like, how do I beat this card? How do I get around it? Um, what do I need to do? <laughs> no, it's low key, <laughs> a really, really good card. And it's the only Broken. thing that I, it's like the one thing I've been crying for, because not that I don't think boss's orders is a card that shouldn't be in the game because you need to be able to choose what you want to attack. Otherwise stall and other things just run rampant. Right, but it, yeah. I would like something that let, lets me, as another player, play around the card a little bit. Right. Besides praying that he doesn't have it in his hand. And that is something that you can just be like, well, you can't win this turn. And I love the idea of that card. I, I, I was, scr- it's I was too like, good, I though. saw it's it. Too good I, didn't, with I, the... I believed it. I was jumping. I was cheering. You were cheering. I was like, no, nah, I, I was like, best thing. card ever. Um, but then it was, wasn't real and my heart broke. So. <laughs> what were some other, cause literally that was the only one I saw um, that was even kind of relevant. I know you said you got, got a couple times. What were a couple other ones that got you? I mean, I got got by the professor community discord. Um, they did one that really made me mad. I almost left the server cause they, they put the notification icon up in the discord server um like image so oh, i thought wow. i had a notification every time i opened discord and it was like 
that's the i if you know me i don't like having like anything on right. my notification bar i you should I, just I see my it. discord it's just full <laughs> of ones and a bunch of red so, numbers so that got me so like multiple times and then someone uh reposted the cancellation article of the um championship series from two years ago and it got me again because <laughs> the date was yes it was the date was march 31st but right. it was in 2020 and I didn't check. I, I literally, I literally looked there and I looked at the date and I was like, well, this is actually like real. I didn't check the year. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so again, Got read your cards. <laughs> so the, after that one, and I was like, I literally posted that in our discord and I was like, really, again, we're like this, there goes my summer. Like, and then, then someone pointed out that it was two years ago. And I was like, I'm done with social media today. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, so that that's pretty funny. Uh, there, there are a couple other things. I actually one last thing I guess uh, before we wrap it up is I do want to talk about this registration snafu um, that kind of popped up. Uh, you saw Tor tweet about it. You saw a couple other people tweet about it, and this is my biggest nightmare as a player um, trying to get into an event um, and then it just closing up. So apparently. Um, TPCI announced that there was going to be an announcement for, you know, when the dates open up and then they just opened it up on a Monday without actually saying when it was going to be. And they filled up rather quickly and some people missed out on it. Um, Tor even tweeted something to the effect where like he just got off the plane. If it was like 30 minutes longer, um, he would have missed um, that registration. It would have closed up. Um, that's my biggest fear. Like I don't, I, I obviously I want to win um, any of these events I want to go to, but I want my fair chance where, you know, I can go on and register. Um, and I, yeah, it just scares me that I might miss my window. And this kind of puts the fear in me a little bit more. Yeah. Um, if you're that, my only thought on is if they're really like, if you have to hard cap an event that, you know, is going to hit the cap, like, I don't think Salt Lake City had that issue where they had to cap it. I mean, no, I, I don't think, think so. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, but they almost had, they had 700 and some odd people. That's a lot of room. And I, I get it. If there's like space constraints with the event venues in, in Europe where they can't necessarily get those even bigger numbers. Right. But if they're going to hard, like, I'm with everyone who was complaining about it because if they're going to hard cap an event like that, there needs to be a clear, a clear designated time or even like they're redoing like the wave thing that they're doing after the fact that should be done in the first place because uh, you need to know to get in and, and you, you need to be ready to be able to. And if it's just like random afternoon time on a random day, and you just happen to miss it because you're at work or you're on a plane back from an event you just played at, or um, you happen to be walking the dog at that time. <laughs> right. It's just, that's bad. That's, that's bad my look biggest fear. That's like my biggest fear. You don't even understand. <laughs> yeah. And you can't, and you can't have like a player base live in fo like FOMO because of the, when they don't know when it's going to uh, drop that uh, they're going to be able to sign up for this event. So it's either like find it. For me, I was just like, why don't you just find bigger events and let everyone come? But right. I mean, I get it. That might be a problem or not a possibility. We live in a COVID world right now, so I yeah, understand. And, <clears throat> um, but all I ask for is a fair chance and not randomness. Yeah. So, or because um, you know, I have a full time job 
Uh, I, I can't sit home and be at my phone, you know, at the yeah. time where it drops. So, yeah, that's the only thing that, like, it, I guess I'm like a little ignorant in the fact that, like, I don't understand how we have an 800, close to 800 person event in in Salt Lake City of all places in the U.S. And then they can't get higher than five. They can't put more than four, 500 people in a room. In it's just all government restrictions, I guess. I don't, I yeah. don't know. That's, that's me. I'm, I don't know the, the situation with laws and spacing and all that fun stuff in Europe. Um, that's all above my pay grade of things I need to know. But right. if there is going to be a cap of that nature, all I would suggest is all I would hope is that they would be a set time and and a so that everyone has a fair chance of getting on and getting a ticket for sure for sure all right i think that's going to do it for us that one's a little bit uh, it's a, you know average time i guess hour and a half in um thereabouts um so i think that's going to call it for us um thank you guys for hanging out and listening um and we'll see you guys on the next one Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at RY4Gaming. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later. Before that. I I just was re- I was going over the chat and I forgot my my buddy Joe at work who listens to the podcast. He asked he had a good bonus question and I forgot to ask it to you for trivia. So I'm going to do it now. Okay. This is a bonus fact. This is not part of bonus trivia question because it's along the lines of your, your thing. So if it's, it's, it's an attack and you have to name that Pokemon. All right. Okay. But it's not necessarily standard legal. So this, it's, it, it's been released recently, but it's not necessarily standard legal. Uh, So that's your only hint. The attack name is eek so i'm thinking it's in one of these sets here i don't know i'd be cheating if i looked at this i haven't um the dene no <laughs> it is the cleffa from celebrations and the attack name is literally oh, eek with about seven e's oh geez <laughs> You're so glad you're here that for that Eerie Beast. <laughs> it, yeah, Colton got it right away. Uh, I did not. So congratulations there. Eek. <laughs>